Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining podcasts. Society-13.com. I like to listen. Welcome to Channel 9 of the STRY Radio Network, where stories live. to this podcast. Be aware, this show often uses very naughty language. If you don't like that, you shouldn't listen. Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humour at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing. Rolling, rolling, rolling. I'm rolling. Oh my god, I'm voice cracked. Yay. Oh, we were trying to do this while your voice is pretty. So, welcome to the ninth story. I am Jeanette Andromeda. Sorry again because I breathe in the mic. <laughs> welcome to the ninth story. I am Jeanette Andromeda. And I am Immortal Alexander. Immortal Alexander. There needed to be more growl to that for some reason. Uh, so, I added it. Welcome. Uh, this is uh, our first episode without Dan Foytek. We That's right. You, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants. So season five is Immortal and Andromeda together here taking over Ninth Story and taking you new places to galaxies far, far away. And we are going to start with YouTube. And more specifically, some filmmakers who have made uh, one YouTube viral video that Alex will tell you a little bit more about, and we talked to them a little bit about that, about their sequel, which brought more of their own storytelling. <coughs> excuse me. Yes, excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Star Wars character. It's fine. It's fine. It's a Star Wars character. It's like Mon Mothma. Water or Admiral Akbar. I <laughs> trap. Um. So. We, we interviewed them about their storytelling, the storytelling that they've done with these particular videos, and a lot of a lot of filmmaking ended up in this. So, Alex, tell us about the, uh, the yeah, so, main videos. So we got car, I con oh my god, we got contacted by Cortland Gordon uh, from Oddest of the Odd, and they created a short called PT in real life. And if you guys haven't heard about it, uh, there's a video game called Silent Hill. And it's been around for a long time. It's part of the survival horror genre, big time in, in video games, one of the earlier uh, survival horror games in uh, video game culture. And PT is stands for Playable Trailer. So uh, Hideo Kojima and Kojima Productions and Konami had was started to product, produce a movie game thing called Silent Hills. Not, See, it, it's there's, a, there's an S. It's, it's, a it's, it's a video game. I'm sorry. I'm like really sleepy. So <laughs> they, they were creating a video game, uh, of, of, a new video game 
called Silent Hills, uh, which had Norman Reedus in it from um, The Walking Dead. And uh, it was co-created with uh, Guillermo del Toro, the filmmaker. And uh, it was a project they were working on together. And then all of a sudden it just got canceled. So this trailer was on, this playable trailer was on uh, PlayStation and Xbox and all that. And then it just disappeared. And what really sent people through the roof with about it was that it was this really creepy atmospheric first person horror game uh, where you were walking through this house and it was looping over and over again. And you really didn't know what was going on. And there's this radio playing in the back about this murder. And, and it's just really creepy and atmospheric. And there's these weird sounds. And then uh, the guy gets into this bathroom door that finally kind of creaks open on its own and he goes in there and he gets locked in and hears this weird crying sound and there's this weird chicken fetus baby bloody and everything in the sink and it's creepy and there's this creepy woman and dressed in black and you know i said you're walking through the house and all these things keep changing and numbers and things on the wall and messages and then all of a sudden the rate the voice on the radio starts talking to you directly and you don't know if your character your character is going insane and it's just as a piece of horror in general it's just so effective and atmospheric so when the project got canceled everybody just lost their collective minds and uh, these guys from Odyssey of the Odd decided to make a live action version of that and it blew up everywhere all the biggest gaming news outlets everybody you know was putting it out there IGN and 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 you know everybody was just putting it out there and and it was just amazing it effectively went viral which is uh, the dream as far as like being an internet creator goes. But, you know, we all hope for it, but when I, a lot of us are realistic enough to not expect it. But when it does happen, like for Oddest of the Odd, it's amazing. So um, Oddest of the Odd is their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and you guys should definitely check it out. Um, it's a lot of fun. They have horror and comedy and horror slash comedy mashed together into shorts and things. And, uh, and today we're going to be talking about part two. They made a part two. Uh, the first one is uh, like, you know, like five, six minutes long, something like that, maybe 10 minutes, whatever the length of the trailer was, the playable trailer. And this one is like a 40 minute long short film. Uh, they're having it in a bunch of different festivals. And they're now, because there's no more story out there, they had to kind of come up with it on their own. And, and the, the process with which they did that and what they pulled on from inspirational here in the interview, and it's pretty fantastic. So yeah, that's the setup. It's just this weird movie, uh, short film with uh, constantly changing house and environments and perspectives, and it's just like you know, like it's like the in the mouth of madness, but like their version of it with Silent Hill. With not just Silent Hill, but a lot of other games and game theory just mashed in there for all of our nerdy adventures. Very nerdy. So welcome and enjoy our interview with the Odyssey of the Odd with Cortland and Ryan. Thank you guys for reaching out to us, by the way. Yeah, thank you so much. We, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, holy shit, they've got <laughs> PT2 out. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty stoked to tell everyone because it's been on the back burner for such a long time. And we've been working for months and months and months on this. So It feels like such a relief to finally just get it out and show everybody like all the hard work that we just put for this film compared to last. Yeah. Oh, I can uh, imagine. Because, like, that first one, you you just... Oh, I should introduce you guys to the people listening, because we're just jumping in here. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, dear listeners, we are talking to Cortland, Cortland Gordon. I put a D at the end of your name there, sorry. And uh, it's Ryan Becker, right? Yes. Awesome. Ryan Becker. <laughs> yeah. I know, because I totally was binge-watching on uh, your YouTube videos for a while there now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
There's some crazy stuff on there. It's pretty awesome. Because, I, I mean, like I, I, got, I got introduced to you guys through, uh, I think it was IGN that put it out. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were sharing the original one. Yeah, that was huge for us. When I thought, I honestly, because I we had a friend who told us about that. They were like, "Hey, you know, what IGN did a." I was like, "Wait, who did yeah. you say?" It was like in the middle of the night. And we were just like, "What?" Did you understand who IGN is? <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fantastic. I mean, I I hadn't, uh, I don't think I, I had really researched your channel until now, because uh, I said I got it through them, so they they just had it built into their chan- into their channel, and I was watching it through that. So yeah. I didn't I didn't uh, realize it was uh, I didn't know if it was something they commissioned or what because I know they had commissioned stuff in the past yeah. like that like that fake uh, uh, like Legend of Zelda movie trailer during like April Fools or something they had put out so I was like yeah. oh did they commission something else to be created so I had no idea that you guys were a, a separate YouTube channel until you guys reached out to us on the other side of this equation I subscribed to your channel almost instantly because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like sweet that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, they actually did it. It was kind of ridiculous. They actually, they were supposed to give us all credit for it. And yeah. in the description, they were supposed to tag our YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. if you click the link, it took you to an error page. Oh, which, oh no. Geez. Yeah, so everyone was like, who are these people? And yeah, people thought Konami took us down. <laughs> it's a big... Yeah. That's terrible. Well, yeah, so for the people listening, it's uh, odd, uh, Oddest of the Odd Productions on YouTube. And uh, everybody should go subscribe immediately because they're awesome. <laughs> and, and so why don't you guys uh, introduce yourselves and just your roles with the company and how you guys got started. Okay, well, I'm Cortland Gordon and um, Ryan Becker. I'm Ryan Becker. So uh, I have been a filmmaker my entire life. Since I was a little kid, I've always had a camera in my hand. And my parents uh, raised me on horror films. And I was like, you know, most parents kind of wouldn't let their kid watch that kind of stuff. But I, my, my parents encouraged it. So growing up, I, you know, film, 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 and all of these little homemade movies and stuff. But uh, got to the point where, you know, I figured, oh my gosh, this could be my career. So um, I started a company, obviously at Productions, with the help of this guy Ryan. Um, I'm the director, cameraman, and I do all the editing. Um, we're both writers. Yeah, writer, and I just assist him in directing whatever needs to be fulfilled. I come into play. Us, us two are the top dogs of of it right now. We have our other roommates there. Uh, we have a makeup guy, uh, Kyle Basley, and then we have um, pretty much a set runner, Ryan Kubiak. Mm-hmm. So nice. we're going to slowly build on that, though. That's awesome. And so yeah. do you guys uh, just do screenplay writing, or do you guys do short story writing and that kind of thing, too? Oh, short story writing pretty much for – I mean, we have we have big like – like Silent Hills Part 2 was never supposed to be a thing. Yeah. We uh, – so we're partnered up through YouTube, and um, that didn't become a thing until after we released Silent Hills, the original one. We only shot that for fun because we yeah. were bored. And we, we started this new YouTube channel, and then it went viral, and we were trying number one on Facebook for a whole day. And uh, so we kind of like put all of our original stuff that we write personally you know, behind, and we took Silent Hills, and we've been working on it the past seven months. So Nice. I, I think it's smart to build off of like that that what you had there but i could tell from even like one of your first ones the closet monster yeah, yeah. that's all that <laughs> one's awesome like it felt it felt so similar in a lot of ways to your pt one just in like some of your editing and some of like the the suspense that you were building with like just the slow painful steady crawl Yep. It just, it feels so similar in how, like, what you brought out in PT. Like, so, 
even though that was your original story and PT wasn't, it seemed to like work in your own uh, yeah. cinematic vocabulary. Completely. That one was awesome. I also liked your sequel because that was a cool like, yeah. ex- continuation. Trilogy and never ended. Silent Hills happened. So, like I yeah. said, we, we have more stuff in storage for the people who actually follow us. We have some big, big stuff coming out soon that's completely original in our stuff. So. That's nice. Fantastic. So do you guys have any formal training in film or film school or something like that? So growing up, I was really big into football. I was a big football star in high school and stuff. Um, and I got to my senior year. Um, I was known as the football filmmaker. Like, that's what I did. I was a filmmaker and I was a football star. So when college was coming around, I had to make the choice to be a football star in college or go, you know, continue with film at a film school or something. Well, everyone kind of told me that, you know, filmmaking industry is the most brutal industry out there and don't do it, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I had football scholarships rolling in, so I ended up taking the football route for the first year. Yeah. And I was, I was miserable. I was a pre-med student studying dentistry. Oh. Oh, and no. I'm sitting in class and I'm like writing movie scripts and stuff. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like at practice. And so... It evolved from there. I was like, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. So I ended up moving back home because I, I was I went to school three hours away and he was still back home and me I got together with him and we were hanging out a lot and we were going over like, you know, let's like let's take this film thing to the next level. And so we ended up moving up to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and that's where I was going to school for a little bit. But I realized so fast that the stuff they teach you in film, like classes and stuff, you can teach yourself. I've yeah I've I've been so self-taught from since I was seven, like just watching YouTube videos, learning how to use Adobe After Effects and Premiere and cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. So literally like everything you see is self-taught. I haven't learned yeah. one thing. Cool. I, I, so, I did a quite a bit of that myself, actually. Uh, started off, we both actually started off in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and took, I got a broadcasting, uh, background back broadcasting. Oh my God, I can't talk today. <laughs> broadcasting and graphic design. And Jeanette is uh, with the school for uh, design and theater. I, I was formally theater trained and set. for set and costume design so i became a production designer for a while there she was actually doing stuff for uh, uh children sci-fi and and uh i, I was really terrible <laughs> horror movies <laughs> and i was just doing independent stuff in connecticut so uh we both transitioned now to doing the uh, the blog and the podcast we're going to be doing that full time and putting i'm uh trying to be a writer and and we're both going to be putting that into the podcast as well to try to really uh you know share our work and also uh, interview a lot of other creative content creators like yourself and, and try to learn from you guys and other people out there and kind of learn from each other, that kind of thing. It's cool. I, I like that. Well, you got us already following you guys. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the funny thing about that, too, we uh, in the middle of like deciding what we want to do, we got ex- we applied to the uh, New York Film Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. accepted and had a scholarship, and we were supposed nice. to move to New York at first. Yeah. And then we were like, we can't afford to live in New York. So we looked at Burbank, California, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. So yeah. that's that after that we we're like no film school we can't afford it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I went and I actually did uh, a twelve week program at Knife Up for Producing at New York Film Academy, and uh, I was commuting before we got married. I oh actually gosh. Uh, it was, was literally weeks before we. Yeah, got married, I was commuting from. I had my day job, my eight hour day job, eight hour a day, and then I would go and commute for six hours, and then do my two hour class, and then commute back. So it was like about six hours of commuting per day, and then uh, my full time job. And, uh, yeah, not easy, but I definitely felt like it, it definitely, at least doing the 12 week program was definitely something that filled in the gap. Like it definitely, there's like a mute, you know, and I had to take uh drive train, you know, uh, uh, and subway. Uh, but 
I think it did kind of fill in some gaps for me specifically and kind of help me, you know, on that road to try to f- become a better storyteller. Just like that's one step. It wasn't the, the whole step. And I don't yeah. think that a full program would change my perspective on how to tell a story. But, you know, it definitely the 12 week program was good just at least to kind of fill in the gaps because I had done this at broadcasting and then um, hands on with a bunch of other people and kind of learning as I went. So it did to help a little bit to kind of fill in certain gaps and and having conversations with uh, the the you know, professors and all that. Yeah, and uh, Ryan. So I wanted to hear a little bit about your background as well. Like, okay, because so <laughs> uh, we, we've like, heard a little of everyone. <laughs> that athletic dude in high school, and I was like that weird weird kid in high school, not the weird weird one, but like <laughs> semi yeah semi weird. But it was like that weird friendship where the weird kid hangs out with like the athletic dude. Mm-hmm. And had his like athletic friends, and then he had like his weird friends. Like that's why odd, like, the odd. And odd group of friends that tried to persuade him to stick with this film thing because yeah. we were super good at it, and we were just getting getting on with it. But um, he started off like super young, and we all grew up in the same town together in, in Niles, Michigan, and we all met during like youth baseball. Is how we all connected and we met, and um. Him and a couple, our other buddy Jesse Roberts, they've been making films since they were little. Same with Kyle Basley, our makeup artist. And I kind of moved away across town, so I kind of like left the group for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Came back during like high school, and then we met up and started this film thing again. So um, that kind of kicked off after that. So Ryan, did you have any kind of uh, uh, training at all, or at least, or at least a specific thing that you wanted to focus on when you were doing film? All the training I had was from watching him. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> myself through everything. He's he's taught me everything. So he's kind of like my sensei. It's something that he doesn't like to, <laughs> to uh, talk about, and everyone can agree with me. He's a really good actor. He can act, like, better than anyone I know. So I'm like, he's like our go-to <laughs> guy in most of our videos. I, I was noticing that. You do a really good job. And again, I'm just thinking of Monster in the, or Closet Monster, rather, because it's just like, <laughs> that's an intense short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I really enjoy that one. It's a, it's a good old classic. Yeah. So yeah. what kind of, uh, what really is your inspiration as a storyteller? Like, what are you pulling from? Is it just from film or is it from books, comic books, television? Like, what's your, really your main pull or what really... Uh, let's say the first thing you ingested media wise that really kind of got you going and wanted to get you excited to tell stories of your own. Filmmaking 100%. We're like the biggest movie buffs like on earth. We we will go watch movies and then come out of like movie and be like, Oh my God, we got to make something. We got to make something great. That just grasped us. And we want to do the same thing. Yeah. We want people the same reaction to what we get from watching great movies. Sure. But, but with that said, too, I mean, we both we both read comic books. Yeah, we both play video. I mean, well, I get, we used to play a lot of video games yeah. back in the day. Yeah, I'm not, we we're not really big into video games, but clearly, you know, we should be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have a market there. <laughs> and so, who does your uh, your music, your audio, sound design, all that kind of stuff? I, I do all that. Wow, nice job. Nice. Did Thank you just you. point at him with the fetus from your trailer? <laughs> <laughs> Mormon fetus. Is what we call I, I have a weird like problem with like having stuff in my hands I forget about all the time. Uh, <laughs> sorry to the people who listen to this as a podcast because that was amazing. <laughs> and it's also the shape of it that was confusing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I recognize it immediately. <laughs> I, I um. I do. You guys did a really good job with as a production designer. I was like, oh, they're spot on with their art direction here, because mm-hmm. like 
matching matching the PT first off was done really really well with all the photos and everything. But I also liked how you had little nods to your own shows yeah. in there, like especially in uh, the second version, like the shotgun shells and stuff. Like that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, we do we do that a lot. Like we have another video called like roommate problems, and we we reference PT a lot in it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think the, the the thing we laughed at the most uh, oh, was at the very beginning yes. of it, where like you're, you're panning around, and all of a sudden you look down, and it says, you know, "fuck you, Konami," because it's like <laughs> at first it's like you think it's like a personal message to the the, the you know the character. Like it's like fuck you or whatever. And then you like you because I'm focusing on that word, and then I look down like Konami, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that was that pretty was funny. funny. That that was inspired by Del Toro for sure. Yeah, yeah. we saw him tweeting "fuck you, Konami." Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like just you know playing about it. Like, so yeah, I don't think they really understood uh, the creative end because I know they went into started making what, like pachinko machines and stuff like that after yeah. they, yep. start, they started trying to, to cut down their their AAA titles to almost nothing now. So, so to see all that happen, but it's awesome to see Kojima Productions like just rising like and they haven't even released anything yet yeah so. i hope they do something with the the castlevania brand because i that, that makes me sad if they don't touch it ever again yeah me and my brother used to used to be into that series oh the first one anyways i i and it's one of the only one of the few games i i really like when i i grab it day one and i just devour it you know it's one of those kind of games you don't see whenever the new one you don't you don't see me for a while until i finish every single thing <laughs> i can in the game that's awesome yeah so, <laughs> like it just was sad because I really did enjoy the uh, uh, how is it the uh, uh, Master of Shadow uh, Lord of Shadows Lord of Shadows the first one oh, that was yeah. that was really a really a cool cool game but I think the the story studio got really over heavy handed with the uh, the second one and it was just a big mess so yeah I didn't really honestly know much about Hideo until like PT came out yeah and the only reason it caught my attention was because I saw. Del Toro's name and Reedus is on it, and then it, like I started reading. Then I was like, oh my gosh, he made you know Metal Gear. You know, he's like I just realized all the stuff. Like he's like mm. a gaming master. Yeah, yeah, he he is pretty fantastic. He's like you know uh, a Van Gogh of, of video games. You know, it's like somebody who's just yeah, yeah. really prolific at what they do, and and they're just a master at it. I mean, uh, the Metal Gear games alone, because of the massive amount of storytelling and action and things that are little things that are going on constantly in those games that he has to kind of manage in his head of how that shot's going to happen and how the story's going to progress, and it's just a lot to ingest. And he's a, he's definitely a master uh, creator of amazing video games and just an amazing you know, creative person. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So that's cool that you guys got in, inspired by PT to to recreate it. And so, what you guys tell us a little bit about the process of which kind of like recreating it? Because I see a lot of graphic design. You have photos in there and a lot of props and things that you guys created. So, t- why don't you tell us a little bit about the process that you guys did went into to actually match those things one to one? A lot of studying. Um, we watched uh, IGN's uh, walkthrough about I don't know how many times. A lot of a lot. We sat, we sat down on the couch and up here, I mean, every day, just watching video, like video breakdowns, writing anything and everything we could see yeah. that was on video, like anything on the table, if it was a cigarette butt, I mean, just anything. That we can get and that we could, like on a low budget, because that was made by we're, zero budget at all. We're broke college students, yeah. so. Like, <laughs> so like, you see from this video that we can get our hands on, we're going to get. So we would just be like, all right, we need that. We need this. Pictures that we can get off the internet that we can just print off real fast and put them up. Mm-hmm. We started going from there and then 
like watching breaking down every single loop mm-hmm. and how we could do it because a lot of people in the first one noticed that we didn't do certain things mm-hmm. so we uh we did all the ones that we could do like you know with that budget yeah we would know that would look good if we did it well, I well, noticed that with your second round that you were on those pass-throughs, you added in more of the details from the PT, which I thought was really just, like, on the note. It was pretty good. Um, back about the first one, too, yeah. the, the only people who worked on it was me and him. Yeah, no just, one else helped yeah. us. Just, you know, had, and then we had my girlfriend played Lisa, and yeah. my older brother played Pyramid Head. Other than that, we were the only so We had triple the amount of help on the second oh, yeah. one of course which is so much better when you're trying to make anything. just even just having like i mean of course they didn't do all the like the editing and camera work or anything yeah. but yeah. they were like actually help like set them, up like, everything. everything make the whole More process actors. so much easier yeah yeah what, what about the uh, the camera setup how is that uh for, for the first person oh, yeah i'm terribly so, curious so like the first you do you have it is it over there yeah we can grab that real quick yeah so two, two the, the very first one, so we uh, we turned to DSLRs. Yeah. We we were never, I didn't even know these people shot movies with these. Mm-hmm. And right when we got this, uh, we got a, a Canon T T five I Rebel. We were like experimenting with it, and Silent Hills was like the first time we used it. So what I did was I just held it <laughs> and flashlight, and I just walked <laughs> around and did whatever you know, and then the piece. I am we need this. And then for the second one, we were like, you know, you can kind of tell I'm holding a camera well to me anyways mm-hmm. in the first one. Mm-hmm. So we are like, how, easier, how are we going to do? Get this nifty shoulder mount. Nice. I was like, how can we show both hands? Because yeah. I'm going to show me doing stuff and getting thrown around and, you know. So how did you do focus for that? Oh, uh, most of the time it was manual. I'll just like every once in a while I just would... I'd have the screen right in front of my face, and I would just, you know, turn turn the dial. But there were some shots I had to have it on uh, um, autofocus. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That was a lot of movement to yeah. juggle yeah. all of, like, and, and then a flashlight at the same time for most of it. <laughs> Another thing, too, a lot of the shots, um, so, like, Silent, even Silent Hills 1, they both kind of look fluent, like it's one big shot. Silent Hills 2 probably has a thousand different shots. Oh, just yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just yeah. had to mesh them together, and make it look like it was one fluid motion. Yeah, yeah. it gets it gets harder to film when I'm I'm short and he's he's a lot taller. So the scenes that he couldn't film and was acting, I'm going through filming. So the height <laughs> difference. That's why I was worried that people were going to notice. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, took that in place. So that's good. It's kind of harder to tell in, in in first person. I think any even like in a video game in first person, it's almost kind of hard to tell the height difference. Uh, unless there's an extreme amount of uh, hype. What's like? What's like the height difference between you guys? I'm so short, dude. I'm like he's, five yeah, four. He's a hobbit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, about, I'm I'm like five ten. He's like five four. Yeah, so it's like a six inch difference. But I don't think in in video and first person, it's really kind of hard to tell those things. No, not, it just felt so much different, like in a way. Oh sure, you know, but I think that every <laughs> time you guys get do any kind of a cut, especially towards the end where there's actual physical cutting that we can see. Yeah. Um, it, it's so jarring and, and, and from one to one, I think that kind of maybe added to the tension and atmosphere that all of a sudden, like, why is the perspective different slightly, you know, what's going on and, and, and it kind of, you know, up the ante, if you will, just, just to kind of like, ratchet it up a little bit. But, um, so what film in particular that you think really, um, I have a question. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeanette wants to ask a question. Um, ever, ever, Cause like 
you guys were writing and creating stories and short films even before your video went viral. And I'm just curious, like, how has your PT trailer and your PT2 affected the storytelling that you're doing now? Have you really changed your stories or have, like, have you worked with it? Not not so much. I mean, every like every now and again, we'll go back and like tweak it to make see if we can make it better. But um, after releasing part two, I just it gives me hope that we know what our film is going to look like. All these other films and hopes of it, how it's the quality and the camera work and everything. That's that's our focus right now and how it's going to be shot. Well, not even that. I feel like doing Silent Hills Part Two kind of made us realize how much detail mm -hmm. like we need to put into our films and even if it's just the littlest thing. Yeah. So like we have like some big films we've been working on for years, the just movie scripts that are ready to be made that are 10 times better than what Silent Hills Part 2 is. And I think Silent Hills Part 2 is pretty much Christopher Nolan, mind, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a mind-fucking yeah. movie. So, yeah. It was, uh, uh, I kept thinking the word cognitive dissonance as I watched it, <laughs> and, I, and I don't know that, why, but that's exactly what kept popping in my head. I'm like, this is so disturbing. <laughs> so, I mean, yes and no. This, making Silent Hills Part 2, we really stepped our game up, yeah. like 100%, and I think it's going to affect our writing in the future, for sure. And I think the fans had a lot to do with it, too. It, like, motivated us to make it as best as we could, because we had all this support. Mm -hmm. Reading through the comments, like, I used, I did that for a while, just... Going back and reading all the comments from the first one, it like it really like motivated like me to, to motivate him to like push push ourselves, you know, to make this absolutely amazing in our eyes, so we know like how people are going to react to it and respond to it. Yeah, and, and I yeah. think that the uh, um, like I think because of the fact that it has very little dialogue, it's like yes. when you're watching, let's say, a really cool foreign film, right? Uh, there's one I remember I watched on Netflix called uh, The Baby's Room. It's a Spanish horror film, and it had very little dialogue. It was very much about the atmosphere and the imagery and, and the camera moves and, and, and all this type of – and the story without a lot of dialogue. So I feel like when you strip something down to very much just the atmosphere and remove all the dialogue and you know that's working, then you know that's solid and you can move on and figure out how do you do the same thing, like go through with a scalpel on the dialogue and say, okay, let's let's strip this down and – with very little words, say something really powerful, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I did like the fact that you, in the first version, you were just very, very silent, just like the actual playthrough was. And then this time, you allowed, like, as if me, as if I was playing the game, as if this were the game, and I w you said all the things that I would do, like, fuck, and just, <laughs> like, you know, just, like, dancing and in real, real horror films, when, like, you know, like, okay, like, that's how I would react, but this guy's completely reacting, mm -hmm. and I made sure, that's some, that's funny you brought that up, because I made sure I wanted to, like, really, like, like, bring, like, in real life, you know, Silent Hills, this is what you, like, you know, if you, if you see a door open by itself, you're gonna be like, fuck, fuck, like, I don't yeah. want to go in there. <laughs> Like there's but, a, but there's a couple of parts where like we were both like I think it, it created tension. It's one of those things where uh, the, the black character screens okay just like cutting away to black so often. I was just like I don't know what's there. I'm very <laughs> well, uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> it, it's almost like in, in a horror movie where you expect the protagonist to do something or you want them to do something and then they don't do it and you're just like freaking out because you're waiting. Like when he falls, the character falls down in PT two and then he's looking at the feet of the uh, uh, the woman. And like the, that trail of blood and the like the like the uh, what is it like uh, the uh, 
umbilical cord yeah, or whatever. Cord. Yeah. Oh, and he's so looking crazy. at it, and you're like, you're like, well, he's following the umbilical cord, but like, are why you is wait- he looking up? Why isn't he looking <laughs> up? And it created a lot of tension, which was excellent. You know. Yeah, we actually shot that twice. We shot yeah. a month before, and that's what I did. I looked up before, like it, yeah. like yeah. I followed him, and it it didn't feel too like it was scary still, but it was like you know what's coming. Yeah. But and that's what you would do in real life. But for this certain scene, I was like, I have to like make people just like you know sit on the edge of their seat for this. And and, and, and just but a second ago behind you was the the, the tree scene from uh, uh, Evil Dead. Just while we, while we were talking about that, so that's that's when you're speaking inspiration. That's another thing that we come from inspiration. Yeah, Sam Raimi, sure, God to us. That scene was inspired by the tree, uh, tree rape scene, and which is which is now happening. What just happened behind you? So like, <laughs> that is really weird. <laughs> which is pretty fantastic. I was like, I'm like, we're talking about this, and it's just happening right now. <laughs> like, have you guys seen um, Night of the Demons Part Two with the lipstick scene? You guys seen that? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, Night of the Demon. That used to be my my jazz back when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with the had the, the it's a, it was a very similar thing with like the uh, the lips that grew into a long thing, and then also it's going up her yeah. leg, and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yours was definitely a simpler version of that because you're just kind of just pulling it away, but it's, it's so but funny. but it's almost like a reverse yo-yo when it just like goes and disappears <laughs> off the dress. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> And it, it, I was I just really appreciated Jeanette's reaction to that. <laughs> what the, look up, look up, look up. Well, no, when, when, when the actual when the thing went up her dress, I was oh, just like yeah. I looked I over at her and I just got it. a kick out of her reaction to it. It was just like full body cringe. <laughs> <laughs> nice I love I love making movies, but there ain't no better feeling. Like it's awesome accomplishing movie, but yeah. excitement to like watch people's reactions to like what we make is the greatest thing. So yeah. I already know that feeling just by watching the countless reaction videos we've already had from nice. this one and we've had hundreds for the first one so awesome. the story that you put into pt2 um yeah all right. should we talk about it because <laughs> i feel like that's the point of this podcast <laughs> we're just like enjoying geeking out hey we're we're geeking. yeah this is <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants here it's fine <laughs> so, this is like so thank <laughs> <laughs> you time um I would I would like to talk about uh, the story that you injected into those little clues. Like, which clues did you really, like, latch on to to build the story that came out in PT2? So, it all started, like, when we were, like, so when we first started writing Silent Hills Part 2, months, like, right, it was pretty much a month after we released the first one, because everyone's like, give us Part 2 or another one. I was like, where, where do we start? Mm-hmm. Like, we ended... We actually went further than where the game ended with, yep. you know, in the school with Pyramid Head, but which pissed some people off, and then, <laughs> but that's way out. And this is another like it changed kind of the way we wrote. People were pissed off. They're like, Pyramid Head belongs to Silent Hills Part Two, and I understand that, and that's why we incorporated, you know, all right, we can't ruin this because this is for the fans mm-hmm. and for Silent Hill fans. So if we're gonna have Pyramid Head, who else do we have to have? James Sunderland from the original game. So we made sure that was like our first like go-to was like, all right, we're going to play off James. So we went back and we researched Silent Hills 2 because I played that when I was a little kid. I mean, I'm only 22, so it was a while ago. Yeah. And um, so we went off anything and everything that we can grab from James, like his story, his wife, yeah. um, the armless creature that's in, in the video. Yeah. Um, and then we were like, we won't, we need to, like, I don't want to just remake Silent Hills 2. We need to, like, make our own story. So with Death Stranding coming out, 
and all the different clues from there. I don't know if you guys saw some of the stuff we put in Silent Hills 2, but there's a lot of Death Stranding stuff if you look real closely. Like stuff we had personally made from Death Stranding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we took some, some elements where like, because there was a theory going around saying that Death Stranding, like when they released the first trailer, that it could be Silent Hills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of wanted to play off that. Like, what if it was? And we kind of knew deep down it wasn't Silent Hills, but yeah. we were like, Kojima's the master at you know, fooling people. So yep. let's, let's fool them. Yep. So pretty much we start with James and then took Death Stranding and kind of just clumped a story in between the two to bring them into Silent Hills PT. Yep. So we had release in the loop because that's what, you know, it was about. So we kind of just mixed those three elements, James, or was Silent Hills 2, Silent Hills PT, and then uh, Death Stranding. That's nice. pretty awesome. Yeah. I do like how with your with your main character, how it went from him being like just so lost and like just a, a victim of the experience to holy shit, <laughs> like you yeah. started this, buddy. Well, that was the other thing. I we wanted to make sure that it didn't mainly just take place in the house. Yeah. We gotta expand this. We gotta go through like different different realities to make it like people are like, holy shit we didn't expect him to go you know cornfield we didn't expect that him to go bizarre. but it's yeah bizarre. i feel like that really caught people off guard i don't yeah. think they they're gonna take it that far so. and, and I, I do kind of wonder where it's gonna go but like i know even from playing the the pt trailer the playable, playable trailer uh, of pt that uh and what you guys put into the actual video that it kind of gave me a vibe of halloween season of the witch you know, yeah. with like the subliminal messaging and then there's some kind of bigger corporation or somebody behind something that's doing something. And, you know, where would you go with that? You know, I feel like because it wasn't fully created, it wasn't put out there. I mean, I know uh, Hideo would probably have a full idea of what he wanted in the in the complete project. But since you don't have that, you have free reign to kind of do whatever you want with it. You know, yeah. that was the fun part about it, because we were like. You know, let's create something that's never been created, but using elements from some like something that's already been created. And we kind of let the the reason. So we already part three will be happening for everyone who's wondering. Just not for a while. We're going to kind of work on some other stuff Mm -hmm. and get a higher budget, better camera stuff and better locations. So um, but the fun, fun thing about that is we know what's behind it. Like we didn't just make this, you know like to leave everyone hanging, including ourselves. We know what's behind everything, but you won't find out to the very end of part three, probably. Yeah. And, but we wanted to make it to where like you had to, like there's so many different things it could be, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, like you, like you said, the subliminal messages, I put stuff in there that completely give it away, but I'm telling you right now, probably no one will see it until I release part three. And, and, awesome. and what made you guys uh, want to go with a much larger, uh, much longer piece this time around? the story it's just we had to get like what as much as we could out because if you leave too little then you have all these questions but we want we want just enough and we felt that that was just enough to leave people okay they have something that they can go off of not just the house and the continuous loop but there's there's more to it from this it was originally not supposed to be this long yeah <laughs> like it, it, this was supposed to be out in june yeah. and then it got pushed back to halloween and then it got pushed back to all this Man. stuff started coming out, like more Death Stranding stuff, and then we we read more articles, and then we come back to the script and be like, okay, we gotta add this, we gotta add yeah, that. Yeah, it this. the story evolved along with the gaming community. Mm-hmm. So and that was pretty neat to see too. But at one point, we we're like, we have to stop. We can't keep adding more stuff. Yeah. 
that, that's 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 the tough part you know it's 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 pretty awesome and it just like we were always wondering what's going to happen what's around the next corner and then when he you know he's in the cornfield and then he comes back and then there's like elements of corn in the house and you're like that made me laugh, all right laugh, like in a just excited way <laughs> you guys put so many just like delicious little details everywhere that like spliced into other yeah, and, parts. and perspective so changes cool. and stuff that really threw the, the the viewer off that you're constantly trying to you're 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 in that same you know seat you're in the driver's seat you're kind of like you know yeah. in that same position like it's almost like having a dream and you have no real direct control of what's happening you're just kind of watching it exactly that's awesome to hear from other perspectives so. <laughs> <laughs> we we see it probably because we hope for things like that when we watch film like yeah keep sliding down. you're gonna have to adjust the actual hold on while. one second i'm gonna fix it's this young fun. lady's bike that's something i'm really bad at too i'm i'm all about originality and i hate copying other stuff and it already hurts that i have to make a film that's you know created by someone or like silent hill is a thing yeah i'm usually completely against that everything we make i try to be as original as possible but I mean, I, I I think we completely put our own our own originality into it with especially part two. Definitely. So proud of that. So. So in um, some of your more original writing, your story, your films and stuff, what's uh, what's a theme you like to explore a lot in your various stories? Yeah, I can hear you. Yay! <laughs> That's because I'm not bending over. Or or in comedy. I mean. Yeah. He, he's the he's strictly horror, and I'm. The comedy side that well, I'm huge into being mind fucked, yeah, mentally, physically. <laughs> but um, I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. and like I'm a hu- like no matter what movie he doesn't, even, I don't even need to see a trailer. I can just walk into a movie and be like, if it's Christopher Nolan, I'm watching it. But I feel like no one out there takes horror. I mean, there are some people. Uh, M Night Shyamalan, no one's a big fan of him, but I I really appreciate the way he writes. Mm-hmm. I feel like he really tries to like bend the mind and stuff. I really want to do that with horror and yeah. like more mystery and thriller, but like horror with the the element of being just mind blown is like where I really stand. And then these guys, like he said, they're all in the comedy. So like a lot of our YouTube videos will mix the two in. Mm-hmm. And we're I don't know if you guys know who they are. We're big fans of Raka Raka. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you watch Raka Raka, they will. Uh, You'll see exactly where like our crazy comedy videos come from. Nice. And the chance YouTube flew us out to uh, VidCon for awesome. an all exclusive trip, so we uh, we got to hang hang out with them and meet them, and yeah. we're like pretty good friends with them now. So we're always like communicating. They're always giving us tips and stuff. So it's pretty oh, sweet. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. How was VidCon. Huh? How'd you like VidCon? Oh, it was insane. <laughs> it was so crazy. It's a lot of people. A lot of a lot of fangirls. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't too many like I mean YouTube is very like you know there's a lot of different categories of mm-hmm. what people and a lot like a lot of VidCon is more like I don't even really know how to explain like there's not many film filmmakers there and that's what we are we're like we're more, filmmakers more bloggers on the less yeah. bloggers and pranksters but it, and- it was so cool like if you guys ever get the chance to go definitely go yeah awesome do you have more questions Alex? Uh, um, I, I definitely wanted to say that uh, the the visit from M Night Shyamalan was actually uh, kind of a return to form for me as far as watching his work to see him come back to a place where he felt completely in control, uh, and, and you know, something that he really was working the audience. You know, I think uh, some of the other films 
uh, I don't like. You know, I don't think he was as uh, into really kind of figuring out how people are going to react to certain things or how they're going to connect to it as an audience member. And 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 then that particular film, The Visit, for me felt like something as a return to form for him, where he was completely in control of how he's manipulating the audience. How can he mess with the audience? How can he draw them in one direction and take them somewhere else constantly? Not just for the ending of the film, but throughout the film. No, completely. And I, I yeah. completely agree with that. I think he he got off you know he got off track for a while and then mm-hmm. he just got right back on it. Yeah, yeah. The new movie that's coming out looks insane. Uh, what is it called? The one with uh, um, Xavier. You want to talk about? Oh, Split. Split. Oh. Yeah. You guys for that. I heard of that. Yep, yep. It looks really good. Really, really good. So, There's some good ones coming out lately. Yeah. Although- We've been so busy making our own movies, we don't like have time to go see movies yeah. now. It's kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> understandably, Netflix is still my best friend as far as actually seeing movies. Yeah, I did. I did go see Rogue One like three times already. So, is it that? Is it good? I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, it's we're... it's uh it's gonna. <laughs> so I'm just gonna spoil one little tiny thing. Don't is it? Spoil I'm just it. one little thing. Shush. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have it. a crawl. It doesn't have a, a traditional Star Wars crawl in the beginning. Okay. And and so I was just sitting there, and then uh, and then it happened, and then this guy next to me just like, what the fuck? That would piss me off too for a split second. Like, yeah. Without seeing the movie, of course. Yeah, but. yeah. So it's the first. It's because it's not a numbered film. Yeah. It's the first one. It doesn't have a crawl. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, it's just the title, and then and that you just get started with the film. It's it's not like a spoiler for the story for anybody out there. I will I'll preface that in the notes below, but <laughs> but it's just one little thing that I just thought was hilarious is to to that see people's funny. reactions to things. Just um, immediately. And if you if you are if you guys are a big Star Wars fans, the the ending of the film uh, is is pretty epic. And that is all we'll say because you deserve to experience it. <laughs> No, we plan. I plan to go see it sometime during when we go home for Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll have to like maybe like make a little vocal. <laughs> it's like it's not a real spoiler. <laughs> like, or maybe I'll just cut it out of the show and just so they don't piss anybody off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's been a really good uh, year for films and a lot of great horror films coming out, and I'm excited to see more cerebral horror films, not just about the the graphic violence, but but about you know, storytelling and atmosphere. And that's been really yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's something we, we, we strive to bring to, uh, just the film industry in general. I feel like that relaxing the horror, the horror, you know, side of, uh, film, but, uh, we want to, we want to change our overall goal. We want to change the face of horror in, in Hollywood. I feel like Hollywood does nothing but shit on horror films. Yes. <laughs> they, they ruin them just by the, the classic, you know, cliche, same shit every time you go. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, for example, have you seen the trailer for The Mummy yet? The new redo? And I'm such a big fan of old, the, the, the original yeah. Mummy, even number two. And seeing that, I was so, I just, I bit my tongue and I just turned it off. I was like, I'm not even, not even going to waste my time with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little yeah. nervous for this I'm new, uh, <laughs> I'm a little nervous <laughs> for the new Amityville film that's coming out next year. Yeah. Reckoning or whatever. Yeah, because it has kind of like a generic setup. You know, hey, I'm in a new town. I hate, you know, my new friends and whatever. I'm going to high school and I'm a- angry. It's kind of, this, you know, generic setup yeah. for the film. So I'm hoping the film kind of uh, does deliver in some way. It has a little bit of a vibe of Pet Cemetery when I'm watching it. Okay, yeah, I can see that. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested. No. What's that? I don't think. It's not James Wan, is it? 
Um, it's from the producers that made those films, but I don't know if James Wan is involved. Because if he, he was involved, I'd be all for it. Yeah, I love yeah. those. I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge fan of James Wan. I think he is the one. The one. <laughs> <laughs> like he's all, one of the only people in you know that can that can make that that genre decent. So he is working very hard to bring some new blood into it. Just a new yes, very hard. <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll send you guys a little uh, write-up, you know, uh, uh, Q&A thing. Uh, to just, uh, in case any, we missed anything, we'll send you guys a little write-up Q&A thing for the blog so we can ha- be a little more thorough and, and, and focused. And That'd then, be good. Uh, yeah, if you have a story. <laughs> so, like, like, when we get hit with questions, we're like, oh, man, like, we should have said more, but we're, we're working on it. I feel like we get we, we get overexcited <laughs> about this kind of stuff, like talking to people. Yeah. And, trying yeah. to interview, and we just kind of ramble on about random shit. Yeah, so. each, each, <laughs> we got... We got so we'll like, no. <laughs> I'm only hearing half what he's saying, but it's better that way because it's just like the animated cartoon thing. <laughs> but yeah, we'll send you guys a little homework assignment and you guys can kind of like think about it a little bit more about certain things if you guys want to, you know, reference a specific uh, thing that kind of inspired you guys, uh, an image, uh, a a, you know, a sound effect, or a film, a movie, or a, a show, anything that really kind of inspired you guys, I'll, I'll send it out. I, I mean, for me personally, it was like uh, uh, Close Encounters and, and Star Wars, you know. Oh, that... Close Encounters, uh, um, all-time favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That got my, my brain on fire. I mean, I was already kind of like a, a daydreamer kid that just wouldn't turn it off. And then you, I watched those things, and it just set my mind in any overdrive, so... <laughs> We're we're really bad at like watching movies like over and over and over because we don't watch them we study them like mm-hmm. uh-huh. we films down to sound effects music I mean just anything and everything like we'll so watch most people you know in the world don't watch a movie more than one time and I've probably seen the Evil Dead trilogy plus the, the remake probably ten thousand times yeah well I'll, I'll go <laughs> into his room I'll be like where the hell is that movie at? it's been been missing for like a week or so and he's I hear it every night across all my. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's watching. Uh, he's watching you again. You know, he's watching you with that again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you study. Like that's how you learn. Is just to the first time you watch it, you experience it, and you're like, "Wow, that was a great movie." And then the next time, you start to pay more attention. The time after that, you're like, "Wait, how did they edit that together?" And then yeah. where where did that handprint go from being sprayed on the wall to digital, for example? That was, that was <laughs> a tough scene to do. Oh my god! And that's the thing—we live in an apartment complex. Yeah, we're uh-huh. we're like all of our movies happen like in this building. <laughs> like we, because we live in a college town in a yeah. college house, and, and we'll destroy this place for a scene, and then like right afterwards, we got to clean it up real fast and get to the next one. We buy new doors all the time oh, man. and break it. <laughs> That is, that's the hardest part. We're not getting our we're not getting our deposit back. That's no. for sure. <laughs> that's excellent. I, I was very amused seeing. I, I was actually thinking about that because I think about these things as a production background. It's like, oh, they totally just sprayed those handprints on. It looked great, by yes. the way. And I'm like, cleanup's gonna be a mess. <laughs> about those handprints are well, we're like, you know, they should just wipe right off. We'll just bleach them or something. No, it didn't come off at all. We had to repaint the wall. <laughs> Right in the, in the middle of like the next day, we had to film something like we had. It was the only day to film it, and I was like, "We got to paint this wall." So we had to let this dry, and I was like, "Oh, this is nerve wracking just to have everything." Yeah. What did you guys paint with? What was the actual paint? The uh, like the handprints? Yeah. yeah, I think it was it was just, just regular spray. hair, like like <laughs> Halloween hairspray. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That's why we thought it would come off really yeah. easily. Yeah, you know, we're, and then 
No. You know, come come to find out, no, I, the, the the walls, <laughs> the paint that they use on these walls here are like cheap paint, but it oh, like no. it yeah. doesn't come like it like whatever touches it like sticks to it. It's like, very you can absorbent. Just, could scratch and it'll leave a giant ass mark. So, <laughs> you guys all watch our Odyssey Odd videos. You're gonna be like, oh, holy fuck! Like, <laughs> next people that are gonna live here, they're gonna be like, what in the hell happened? Yeah. There's, <laughs> there, I'll, I'll tell you what. There is dried blood, fake blood. If you like, you'll be opening up a cupboard and grab paint out. Just there'll be just be blood everywhere. Like, <laughs> got that from the last video, but no, it's. It's everywhere. It's on the stove. It's just like little specks. You're like, I thought I cleaned that. It's like, it's like a so it's like a CSI crime scene or or like a like a <laughs> follow the clues. We actually had a cop in here one time when we were filming, and it was for something completely different. And he walked in on a scene of a uh, me standing over Cortland here that the slit throat scene, uh-huh. and this cop just watching us do it. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. It was out of the blue, just standing there in the corner, just watching us film this scene. And I didn't know he was there for a second. He just walked up the steps. So our roommate was talking to him. And he was like, any other normal person, it had been like a completely different outcome. But he's just like, okay. Good, good job, guys. <laughs> so the, the refrigerator scene that yeah. was in the woods and stuff, we like... That refrigerator, we had to bring it back. So we shot that like an hour away from us, and we uh, we brought it back to our apartment complex. And we we're like, "Fuck, we're not gonna leave this in our house." So we, you know, the community dumpsters, we pushed, we wheeled it over there, but we left the blood on it. it <laughs> still, and that fucker sat out there it's for like a like month. A month. <laughs> and I was like, everyone, you, I, I live like right out my window, so I can see the trash cans over there. And I just see people taking the trash, but then they'd stop and they'd stare at the trash or the, the the refrigerator because it was just sitting in there. And every time the trash people came, they wouldn't take it. So the people would see them turn right around and walk the other way. <laughs> Some cop will walk by; he'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's like a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> what prize is inside this one? Exactly. Do you want to know? I don't know. <laughs> That's excellent. Amazing. So um, where can people find you online, my guys? Odyssey of the Odd. YouTube, Odyssey of the Odd. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty much the only place yeah. other than our social media. And then we have a Facebook production page that we just made a couple days ago. Um, I believe that's just still facebook.com slash Odyssey of the Odd. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then uh, Odyssey Odd on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then Odyssey Odd Twitter. Nice. So it's just it's just it's just Odyssey the Odd. There's nothing like yeah. space or yeah, weird. There's no like weird other names for yeah. us. So just if you guys look up Odyssey Odd, you'll find it's pretty much on anything and everything. Yeah, you definitely yeah. are the first thing that pops Perfect. up when we started uh, typing true. it in on YouTube. So I yeah. got to the end of Odyssey and YouTube, and uh, Google's like, "You want Odyssey the Odd, right?" I'm like, why? Well, yes, so- I do. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> feel we feel so like i don't even need to do anything else i you know i'm a, google knows who we are google yeah. knows you're good <laughs> just keep making awesome films and writing stories <laughs> and now a short story from Cortland gordon of the oddest of the odd it's called pilferage it's also known as lights off and headphones in putting the car in park i realized just how late it is i let out a huge yawn It's very late and I'm ready to go home. Overthinking can really wear a person out. The clock on the car radio ticks to 3 a.m. I'm on time as usual. Having to park on the side of the road can be a real bitch sometimes. The neighbors on this block really love to take up space. 
I exit my car and walk up to the beautiful Victorian house, which makes me remember my childhood. Except my childhood wasn't as beautiful. The house looks so lonely with all the lights off. My family was never home. They always left me alone, so I'm, I'm used to this. When I get inside, I go to the fridge and grab a cold beer. Quietly, I move around the kitchen, set my beer down, and take off my winter gloves. As I'm doing so, I hear someone walking on the floor above me. Following the sound with my flashlight, I start to panic. The sound stops. I move towards the back door and find it open. The wind blows the door back and forth, creaking noisily. As I go to shut it, I step on some glass, which is lying on the ground. The window on the door is shattered, and there's little footprints in the snow leading outside. There's also what looks to be drops of blood on the ground. This sends a chill down my spine. Peeking my head outside, I see no one. The sound of a child laughing erupts behind me. I turn in fear and start to shake. Lighting my way with the flashlight, I slowly step towards the sound. I arrive back in the kitchen where I find my beer spilled all over the floor, and there's a trail of blood leading into the next room. As I get closer to the living room, I look over to my left, noticing the door leading to the basement is now open. There's more blood in front of the stairs, and I really start to panic now. Opening the door all of the way lets out an eerie creak. Shining my light down there, I see no one. Using the last bit of courage left in me, I make my way down the steps into the basement. I get about halfway down with all of a sudden another child's laugh echoes behind me. I turn as fast as I can, and I see a quick glimpse of a small boy before he slams the basement door shut. I freeze. I hear the sound running up the stairs above me, little footsteps in a panic. At this point, I don't know what to do. Any normal person would leave, right? Catching my breath, I go up the stairs. I creak the door open slowly to make sure no one is at the top waiting for me. I'm looking back and forth towards the back door, debating on whether or not to run. The living room light is on this time, which tells me I am not hallucinating. I decide to investigate. I turn the light off and use my flashlight to find my way to the stairs that lead up to the second story. I slowly make my way up the stairs, checking every nook and cranny as I go. There seems to be no little child anywhere. One of the doors of the second bedroom is cracked open. I take a few steps towards it, and slowly and quietly I open it, revealing a child's room. I stand there confused. Bam! I fall to the ground. Ears ringing and vision blurry. Blood starts rushing from my chest. I roll over to find a man and a woman standing there, staring down at me. From behind them, a child watches. He stares at me from between their legs. The man is pointing a shotgun directly at me, and the woman is panicking on the phone. 
Her voice slowly manifests in my ringing ears. She's describing me to the police. She picks her child up and runs into the back room. With my vision going in and out, I realize I'm dying. Slowly gasping for air, I look over to my right and find a mirror. The last thing I can see is my idiotic self with a cheap ski mask covering my face. The only thought that comes to me is, was it worth it? Thank you so much for listening to this story, Pilferage, also known as Lights Off and Headphones In from Cortland Gordon of The Odds of the Odd. You can check out more of their work over at their YouTube channel, The Odds of the Odd. Links to this will be in the show notes. Uh, you can check out their newest short, which is Lights Off and Headphones In on YouTube, uh, on their Odds of the Odd YouTube channel, and also all of their awesome videos, including PT in Real Life and PT in Real Life Part 2. Both are fantastic if you love horror. Um, they're just really, really well done and well shot and edited. Uh, they're really creepy and a lot of fun. And I'm just so overwhelmed with how amazing these guys are for guys that just learned this on their own. None of them went to school for any of this, and they just kind of learned it on their own, and they're just doing fantastic work. So please go over and check out their stuff. It's really, really excellent. And thank you so much for listening. Night Story has been brought to you by Rode Microphones. Why? Because that's how you can hear us now. And why... Uh... <laughs> that's, that was the best. Thank you so much. Uh, our sponsor, Rode Microphones, providing these Rode Procasters. They have a great lineup of all sorts of audio ne- things for your needs. And that's not English either. English are good here. We sound good, but we're not very good. <laughs> so thank you, Rode Microphone, for providing these excellent microphones. We will try to be more uh, articulate articulate words. You love that, right? (laughs) Everybody does. Microphones making idiots sound awesome. We may suck, but we sound good doing it. (laughs) Don't fuck it up. Fuck it up. This has been the night story. In case you wanted to hear Alex sniffle his nose some more. Do it again. (laughs) This has been the ninth story. Thank you for listening. And in case you forgot where you were listening or subscribing to, that is Stitcher or iTunes. Or you can listen to us on www.ninthstory.com. That's the number nine, thstory.com. And if you want to talk to me, I you can find me, Jeanette Andromeda, on Twitter at horror underscore made. And you can find me, Immortal Alexander, at HTV Immortal. And uh, you can find both of us on Facebook.com slash Ninth Story. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will uh, see you in your nightmares. I don't know. What do you want to say? <laughs> I don't like to see you in our nightmares. No. That was watch us die. Uh, Make sure you're wearing pants. <laughs> pants are not necessary to writing stories, nor listening to podcasts. You know what? <laughs> Stay creative, my friends. Thanks, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.